Radio Raheem with Lou DeBella. We, great Radio Raheem. <laughs> we are on the uh, hallowed grounds of... Uh, Always a pleasure to be talking to Radio Raheem. <laughs> It is. I mean that. Yeah. Well, we've been talking for a long time. It's always a this pleasure to talk to you. Lunch is good. Coffee's always good. Uh, we are standing here after a huge event and before a huge event. Uh, first off, obviously, Mikey Garcia uh, is facing Jesse Vargas at 147 pounds. He's fighting there again. I'm curious to know, even though that is, I mean, it's not your job to advise him, but would you advise him to, to campaign at 147 pounds? I'm... It surprises me a little bit. I, I love Mikey. I mean, Robert's my friend. I've known him forever. And I've known Mikey since he's a little kid. And I'm a huge Mikey Garcia fan. I think he's a tremendously skilled fighter. Like, tremendously. But I thought that the biggest disadvantage he had again, I mean, Spence was a completely, you know, completely different weight. And, and I, I just thought he didn't have the, the size or the strength to effectively compete with Spence. Now, Vargas isn't Spence but he's still a strong, active, aggressive kid. And Mikey's giving some edge to Vargas on weight and size. Mm. So maybe it's just this, look, would I advise him to? No, I'd say, stay, kid, stay at 35 or 40 where you're dominant, you know? Um, you know, there are fights to be made at 40 too, you know? But he liked this fight and he made the fight. And you know what? From a fan standpoint, it's a terrific fight. Like, I think Vargas is a live underdog. Like, you know, I, I don't advise people on gambling and stuff, but, but if you're looking at the numbers and the odds, uh, you know, the only attractive bet really is to roll with the dog because you're getting such long odds. I think Mikey should be the favorite, and, and I think Mikey's likely to win. But what makes this fight so intriguing is that Mikey didn't look great at 47. And, and Vargas is a kid that could fight at 54, has fought at 54. He's a big, he's a big welterweight. And, and Mikey's a small welterweight. He's not really a welterweight. I like Mikey. I probably, if you made me pick on, on the money line, even money odds, who's going to win the fight, I would give Mikey the edge. But I think that Vargas is a dog, and I expect him to fight like a dog, and I expect it to be a lot of fun. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not staying for the fight. I'm doing the press conference here for Progray and, and Taylor. I'm going back home. I'm going to be watching in my living room, but I'll be watching. You said Progray and Taylor. Oh, that's, sorry, still, that was, uh, that's still that on your a, heart, is it? That's still on, my, <laughs> still on my mind. It's still probably bothering me. But um, I meant Progray and Hooker. And look, I mean, it, it, it falls into the same kind of category of fight, the best fighting the best. And with Ramirez's dance card filled right now and with Taylor's dance card filled right now, this was the best fight that Progray could make and this is the best fight that Hooker could make. And they're fighting each other. Credit to both of them for taking it. And I expect to see a great fight on April 17th. Like you said, there's a lot of heat at 140 pounds. Uh, just a few weeks ago, on my camera, uh, Devin Haney threw his hat in the ring at 140, saying he couldn't get the fights he wanted at 35. In fact, he's trying to chase Mikey Garcia to 140. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of Haney at 40? And is Garcia a good matchup for him? Would you put him in there with Progray? Progray would fight anybody if the money's right. I mean, I love Devin Haney. He's a very talented kid. I mean, I'm a big fan. But um, you know what? I don't think, you know, Devin Haney is just dying to be the man. And he thinks he has that ability and he thinks he is the man. That's what he's supposed to think. But, you know, cool your jets, kid. You know, cool your jets a little bit. I mean, there's still business to happen at 35. And if he's, and if he's not struggling to make the weight at 35, hang out at 35 and play around there for a while, a little while. 
and then go up to 40. I mean, there's no reason as a young man to rush your weight when your body's not telling you you need to. That's just my advice. But, but you know what? From the standpoint of the kid reaching out and wanting every big fight he possibly can get and throwing his name into the ring for everybody, I mean, how can you not like that? What's the, what's the fight that could make him? Like you say he wants to be the man, he can't wait to be the man, but he needs that big fight. He needs to dethrone somebody who is at least a 50-50 fight or he's an underdog. Out at 35 and seeing what happens with Tiafimo and, and, uh, and Lomachenko. I mean, that's got to kill him to watch Tiafimo get the shot against Lomachenko that he certainly feels like should be his own. But if he keeps beating up 35-pounders as easily as he's been beating them up recently, and he fights some of the names in the division and fights some of the bigger 35-pound reputations that aren't the belt guys, mm -hmm. in other words, if, he, if, he, if he's, he's not getting Lomachenko or Tiafimo right now, but if he goes after and continues to look good against a couple of those other guys, stay in that division, force the fight, um, I'd love to see the winner of Tiafimo and Lomachenko and Haney. How do you see the Tiafimo uh, Lomachenko fight going? What's uh, Lopez's uh, uh, chances? Better than I thought they were before he fought Comey. I mean, <laughs> I, and I mean that. I mean, I think that 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 Tiafimo impressed me in that fight. Not only with the how how controlled he was, how vicious he was, how calculating he was, how he saw the opening, he timed the punch, and he, he did what he needed to do. But what also got me is he had a lot of turmoil in his personal life that led up to, excuse me, that led up to that fight. I mean, he had a lot of turmoil for a young kid, a lot of personal shit, a lot of family stuff, a lot of very deep stuff. And he was able to compartmentalize it and put it aside and have a great performance despite a lot of turmoil. And that showed me a maturity that I had, I, I knew that the kid was capable of that eventually, but I didn't think he'd be able to start manning up to that level at his age and and my my i'm a big look i know i i i was on to tiafimo before everybody else he'll tell you the first promoter that ever noticed him was me and i you know and i just didn't want to get into a bidding war i wasn't going to win a bidding war ultimately with top rank and i, I didn't get i didn't get the kid but i'm a big fan and we're friendly and and i love him as a fighter one of the great offensive young his offense is as good as any young fighter in the game are you are you working your way to calling an upset? I'm not. I, I'm not. You know what? I'm not working my way to call an upset because Lomachenko's brilliant. His footwork is unparalleled. But here's what I'm gonna say: He's not the strongest guy at 35 physically. Lomachenko. He's the best. Got the best legs, the best movement, the best defense. He's brilliant. But he's been a, people. Have, you know, he got roughed up a little bit when he fought Salida. You know, and 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 Tiafimo could very well be the best fighter that, that Lomachenko's ever faced. And certainly at this point in his career, a young, hungry, prime Tiafimo, maybe even pre-prime Tiafimo, where the hunger is still so strong. I'm not calling an upset, but I'm saying an upset is certainly possible. I will be watching the board, since I'm not involved in that promotion at all, and gambling's legal in New Jersey, I will be watching the board and looking at the odds and the numbers. Um, I would have said a year ago, too soon, it would shock me, he can't do it. Oh, now I think he can't do it. Will he? I don't know. He's fighting a great fighter. But that's the kind of matchups we boxing fans live for. Like, as a fan, like, I'm not missing that fight. And, and fucking Aram's giving me a pair of tickets to that fight, too. I'm not buying them, but I, I will go to that fight because that is a fight that, as a fan, I don't want to miss. The same thing you just said about Tiafimo 
could have been said about Tyson Fury a year ago, too. Oh, yeah, we can't win that fight. You, you wouldn't put him in. Uh, you know, uh, it's too great a challenge. And you know what I, the funny part was? I actually did. I, 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 was, I, I knew Fury was a bitch to fight going into that fight. I wasn't. I didn't go into the first. And I was working with Deontay for that first Fury fight. I didn't walk into that fight thinking there's going to be a cakewalk at all. Yeah. And, and, and a man who has turned his life around, who's gone through hell and, and, and gone to hell and back the way Fury has, um, that, it, that, that regains his focus and feels redeemed. And that, that man's a dangerous man. And, and all he's done is continue to get better. I mean, the Fury last Saturday night was better than the Fury the previous December. Was that the difference? Was he just better than Wilder? Or is there another explanation as to why Wilder didn't show up in the way I don't, they I, thought I don't, he would? I don't know that any of the explanations you've heard make any sense, or I'm, and I'm not going to pine on them. You know, I believe Deontay wouldn't say something he didn't feel. You know, even if it sounds silly to some people, do I believe he felt that? I, I definitely believe he felt that he didn't have his legs the right way. And as an observer, who a guy that's seen almost every single Deontay Wilder fight in his career, um, and it's not an excuse because you have to go to the ring and you have to be yourself. Mm. But he didn't look like himself from the beginning of the fight, and the other guy looked like King Kong. I mean, mm. that was as good a fury as, as you can find, and frankly, that was as good a heavyweight as you could find. That, that, that version of Tyson Fury the other night, that one night, I mean, if you put that in a time capsule, and I'm not exaggerating, hmm. that performance was an all-time great heavyweight performance. Dude. And I'm not yet saying that he's one of the greatest of all time. If he continues to do what he just did, and he does it against AJ, and he does it in a rematch with Deontay, and he, and he and, you know, I, he's told me and he said to publicly he doesn't want to fight that many more times. Mm. But if he, if he stays undefeated and he disposes of Joshua and beats Wilder in a third fight and, and whatever, then this is one of the great heavyweights that you've seen. I mean, he's different. You know, he's, I've never seen a man his size who's as, nim like, as, as light on his feet as Tyson Fury. I've never seen a heavyweight with that level of defense but a guy that could also beat you to a pulp and hurt you. Um, he's, a, he's a dangerous guy. He's a good fighter. But with all that said, and, an, a and a decision... Against, I make him a favorite against AJ. But would you advise Wilder to exercise that rematch clause knowing that that thing has to happen probably by the end of the summer? Can um, he get ready to I, beat I, Fury I, by then? I'm not involved, so it's, it's, I'm not, like, it's not for me to opine. Um, it's for his team. To apply, his manager, whatever whatever the situation is, the managers to 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 make a decision. But if I would have been working with him and advising him, I would have. And 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 the other problem was like I, I could advise him only to such an extent because I was never the ultimate decision maker in Deontay's team. Um, but that doesn't mean I I, I I'm going to shut my mouth and not try to give him the best advice. I always gave him the try to give the best advice. I always tried to do what was right for him. So what's the best advice? I don't know. I probably would have like said to my people, "Well, look, I don't know the details." Also, I'll give you an example for him. We don't know the answer to this question. You could find out, right? Hmm. Better than I could. If, are there set guarantees for the third fight, or is it simply a percentage split? Because if it's a percentage split, I don't know how big. They just was disappointing numbers hmm. on the fight Saturday night, and I don't know how big coming off that fight immediately. The third fight is it's certainly not bigger than the second fight how much smaller is it i don't know 
if I was advising Deontay, I probably would have said, see if your people can go to Hearn and go to Aram and work out a deal to maintain the same split you have, allow Fury to fight AJ, guarantee yourself a gigantic, enormous, incredible payday to try to regain the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world and fight Andy Ruiz in between. That probably would, and, and, and go to your people, and since Al has Andy Ruiz as well as Al has Deontay, it's certainly makeable mm -hmm. and it's certainly attractive. I mean, they're both coming off losses, uh, and, and Deontay's loss, honestly, was in some ways more devastating. Um, I think that, that the Ruiz fight would be a great matchup for Deontay, and that gives you a fight in between and allows the, the mega, mega matchup to take place. And then have your own mega, mega matchup. Then you're walking in, coming off a very solid win against the next heavyweight champion, and you're fighting for the undisputed title against the winner of AJ. And, and that, that might have been something that I might have advised. I would imagine everybody with a British accent and some that don't have one Here's the are, other thing too. I would also, love to I, have that I'm happen. I'm going to be honest also. Again, it's not for me to – it really isn't for me to advise. I'm not part of the team any longer. But here's another thing I may have advised. You just had one of the most difficult nights of your life. And you're physically – got pummeled and, and you have to be hurting you have to be hurting emotionally you have to be hurting physically you by your own admission said you weren't yourself for whatever reasons you weren't yourself that night I might have put it I, I might have at least taken a week or two I'm sure that he doesn't he didn't have to exercise the option in the first 48 hours mm -hmm. I might have taken a little bit of time to figure it to, to look at all everything but you know what he's his own boss he's his own man and if that's what he wants and he believes i will get fury the third time i want that fight next it's his prerogative he's a grown-ass man and he's he you know he was the champ he gave he made this fight with fury he didn't have to do this deal that they did and part of the deal they did allowed him to call for this third fight you can't fault the man for doing it if that's what he wants if your scenario were to play out and we saw an undisputed matchup against Fury with Joshua, who prevails undisputed heavyweight champion of the world? I would make Fury the favorite. I think that uh, he just has dimensions as a, a boxer and a defensive fighter. He has a skill set that's sort of unmatched in the division. Hmm. You know, I mean, he's not the hardest puncher but he's probably the best boxer. His defense is probably the best among all the major heavyweights in the world right now. Um, and he's a giant behemoth of a man with undeniable power. So he's got the whole package. You know, I, I don't count out AJ um, at all, but I would make Fury the favorite. That, and by the way, I, I wouldn't pick against him. <laughs> that top spot for face of boxing, uh, it's still owned by Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. It but seems like... But the biggest face is Tyson Fury's. <laughs> and the heavyweight champion is still something a little bit different. And in terms of... And here's the other thing about, about Canelo. The biggest face... The face of boxing in the United and North America is clearly Canelo. I'm not so sure how much longer, the, how much, how much longer it will take. If Tyson Fury fought AJ and beat him, I believe Fury would be the biggest face of boxing around the world. 
because there still is a difference in being heavyweight champion of the world and any other title you could have in boxing. Well, Canelo may be facing, well, it appears certainly will be facing a British fighter, one or the other, uh, Callum Smith or uh, Billy Joe Saunders. And he's not losing to either one of them. Neither one of these guys has a shot. No, I'm not saying not, ha not having a shot. Um, they have a shot for different reasons. I mean, the best of, I'm assuming that, that Billy Joe is going to be the best of himself that night. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the one thing about Billy Joe is Billy Joe, when he's very good, is very, 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 very good. And Billy Joe, when he has an off night, is off. Um, but but he's, not, he's not going to be able to really take advantage of size and strength. I think Canelo will be the bigger, stronger guy. And he has to rely more on being slick and his style and make it a little bit ugly to win. Callum Smith, I think, would be a more fun fight. I, I, I don't count out either guy. They're too good to count out. But it's hard to see either one of them beating Canelo Alvarez. I mean, I mean, look, right now, my pound-for-pound pound list at the moment has Canelo number one. And I'm no, I've never been a great fan over the years of Canelo. But, you know, you got to look at a man's resume at a certain point and say, look at what he's done and how he's done it. And it's hard for me to argue that right now he's not the best fighter in the world. Who's the tops your pound-for-pound pound list on the female side of boxing? Um, the winner of Amanda Surratt. Well, you know, there are three women... No offense to Cecilia, who's had a great career, but I, but I think that I, I watched the Callie Reese fight. I promote Callie Reese now. I thought Callie Reese basically gave her everything and probably could have gotten this. It could have gone either way. Um, Cecilia's had a tremendous career, but I think at the moment the three best female fighters in the world are are uh, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, and Claressa, and I'm not putting them in an order yet. <laughs> you know, I mean, but those are, I think you're looking at a pound for pound list of the best women in the world. I think those are the three women. Um, I think that it's going to be hard, even though Claressa could certainly regain that top spot. But I think in all probability, you'd have to say the winner of Katie Taylor and Amanda pound for pound would establish themselves as the, the pound for pound queen. Mm -hmm. Though Claressa would be 1A. I mean, she's really, really good. It's not her fault that it's a thin weight class at the higher weights for, for women her size. It's not her fault. I think she's a very accomplished fighter. I also don't like all the criticism of her because if a guy talks to kind of trash and the smack and has the confidence that, that Clarissa has, everybody slaps him on the back and says, uh, you're such a confident young guy. And then, you know, Clarissa, Clarissa says it and people, you know, get all offended. And, uh, and honestly, you know, I told this to Clarissa, be you, do you, you know, and that's who she is. And, and uh, those three women are the three best right now. With, with, and if you want to extend the list to four, because and, and I've heard some rumblings that there's going to be potentially a fight, a uh, pretty good fight for Cecilia coming up next. Mm. Um, I, I think if you wanted to extend it to four, you could put uh, Cecilia into that top four. I think all of those fighters uh, make big fights. Taylor, uh, Serrano would be a very consequential fight, but not a, a super fight that brings crossover fans like the beef that has been cooking between Clarissa Shields and Layla Ali, who I, everyone knows is retired, but you know could I mean? be like the biggest fight in boxing were it to be made. Well, the problem with it is this. Like, they're, they're both chirping about $10 million each, and there just never will be. And, and if they want to, I, I believe could it, it would be the biggest women's fight in the world, no question, as an attraction and a, a, from a selling standpoint. But if, the, if those two women are willing to take a 50-50 deal, 
And, or maybe even if I'm Claressa, like she'd probably get mad at me saying this, but like, you know, you have to be smart. Um, maybe even Layla's obviously going to be the underdog coming back after all this time off at her age. Maybe even Claressa letting, in, in order to establish her star power and, and, the, and, and the interests of the rest of her career, maybe even letting Layla make a little bit more of the money. Mm. Um, but they're going to have to fight for what's there, not what they think in a fantasy world it's worth. Because there's never going to be $10 million each. Let me ask you the loaded question because this couldn't happen, being that we can't go back in time. But we don't know how Leila Ali would enter the ring if she were to come back. But we know how she entered the ring in her prime. Clarissa is clearly in her prime now. Both of those girls in their prime, who's winning that fight? Probably would have made Clarissa prime to prime a favorite, but not a, not a prohibitive one. I'm a favorite in a close kind of betting fight. Um, Layla, I think Clarissa is a more accomplished boxer, like maybe a little bit more polished. But like Layla was a, and it probably still is a tremendous athlete. I mean, she's a Hall of Famer for a reason. She's getting inducted in June. Um, she's a Hall of, well, oh no, she's not getting inducted in June. In my view, she should have been the third woman getting inducted in June. They're inducting Lucia Riker and and um, uh, the coal miner's daughter, Christy Martin. Christy Martin. They're both getting inducted. Well deserved, in my mind should have been three in the first class and it should sure. have been Layla should have been the third um, but but I, but I think it would it, prime to prime it would have been a highly competitive kind of fight I think if it happened now Clarissa would be a big favorite I think if it happened prime to prime Clarissa would have been a slight favorite Radio Rahim with Lou DeBella here in Dallas. Can't wait for uh, Maurice Hooker to face Regis Progray. No. Always good to see you, buddy. <laughs> Always good Thank to you. see you.